to the right. Mariota drops. Steps up. He can run a long way. podcast from across the pond of a team that's just clinched their division into the number one seed slot it's in our hands one win away from the number one seed proper we've had week 17 it's another win against the dolphins one that we all predicted didn't we greg yeah it was never in doubt excellent um yeah it's it's kind of a week of proving people wrong you know stephen a smith Oh, the Tennessee Titans season's over. Uh, Gregory, Derek, Ketz. Oh, you just know it'll be winning in in Houston. Um, all these people um, that have been proved wrong. Um, what a magnificent win for the Titans against the Dolphins. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got to stop you there. I said winning in. I meant winning in for the number one seed. No, you didn't. That was very clear, no? Uh, it, it was very clear that you didn't. Uh, <laughs> um, that was Greg. I'm Adam. Harry is here. Hello, Harry. Long time no speak. How are you? Yes. Uh, yeah, feeling good. Uh, happy to be back. Uh, yeah, sorry for a slight uh, absence for the last little while. Life's been a little bit mad. Obviously preparing for baby and Christmas and all the other fun things that come with that. But yeah, happy that we've got the ASC South just relaxed and chilled. Love the shirts, by the way. The Titans run the South. I thought that was <laughs> Other Titans media, well done. And uh, yeah, everything else is all grand, so can't complain. Excellent. We have also got Miles here, last but not least. How are you doing, sir? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> very, very good. Um, it was it was a game full of full of really good stuff like that. And actually thinking back, maybe not that much memorable play, as weird as that sounds. Um, and that excellent win. Um Let's start with you, Harry. We haven't haven't spoken in in a while, uh, but thirty four to three in the end, um, pretty comfortable. Um, I don't think, well, from my perspective, I started pretty well. Um, just looked a, a good performance all round. Yeah, very very controlled performance um, to shut down Jalen Waddle for most of the game. Bar I think one big catch towards the end of the game was was great and. Um, yeah, it was a real confidence boost, really, just to see that, yeah, we are still missing, you know, a couple of pieces, but actually we're starting to get healthy at the right time and we're starting to look like a really solid team. And the, the type of football that we played on Sunday hopefully bodes really well going into the, the playoffs as well. Um, hopefully we get that, that little rest as well. But, you know, running, dominant, uh, dom, dominant. Wow, that was really hard to say for no reason. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, just, you know, a good, clean game of football where we actually didn't really cause any mistakes from them. Tua didn't really do much and we made no mistakes ourselves. And that's the trick really to a good Titans game is just don't make stupid mistakes. And as long as we avoid those, we are a really good team. Greg, I mean, it had all the hallmarks of one of those games that we dread, didn't it? Um favourites, a game that we should win, but against a, a team that have won seven straight, bad weather forecast, all, all this sort of stuff that made you filled with dread. Um, but what happened? What changed it? Defence took over. I think you can see three points in a game. You're not going to lose many, put it that way. Um, 
but I think it was just one of those one of those games that I think there was a little bit of luck on our side at times. But um, you know, when you look at the tour being strip sacked by the air, um, <laughs> it's quite it's quite interesting. Um, yeah, it's, it was one of those games though that it was the first time in a long time I've, I've genuinely sat down and, and got to the end of the first quarter or, or the end of the first half, and, and it was just never in doubt. It never felt like it was ever going to be. Uh, anything other than a Titans win and there's not many times in in my lifetime I can honestly say I've sat there and watched a game in comfort um, but you look I think the Miami Dolphins I think we said last week they've not really played anyone um, but if you win was it seven straight games or whatever it was um, in the lead up to this one or eight straight whatever it was you've got to be a decent team and I think on defense they are a decent team um, I, th- I just think we we did enough, and, and the run game for me on offense was was a big big part of why we won this game. Um, Foreman in particular was was outstanding. I think it was 198 rushing yards for the team as a whole is that's Derrick Henry level without Derrick Henry. Yeah, let's ha- let's <clears throat> give a bit of love to Foreman. Uh, he, he's he's come in. Yeah, he's never going to be Derrick Henry. We know that. We knew that. Um, but he's looked better and better each week. Um, you know, a lot of that's coaching, really. Um, but the stuff that he wasn't doing well, putting the ball on the floor a little bit, um, he was sort of missing gaps. Uh, but he just seems to have visibly improved week on week. Um, and yeah, he's he had. He, we know he's got the physical presence. You know, he's an absolute battering ram at the back. Um, but he started to be a bit clever with it and ball security. I mean, there was there was one fumble. I think in the third quarter where he, he sort of, uh, they ruled that the knee was down first. I'm not entirely sure it was. I don't know why the Dolphins didn't take a punt with a challenge there. We we sort of got away with it, got away with one there. Um, but that was, that was the only moment of any sort of iffiness, anything re- remotely resembling a turnover. Um, the Dolphins just weren't, weren't as good in that facet. And from those punts at, the start where each team had two or three punts in a row at the start of the game. You're thinking, okay, offense isn't quite going yet, um, but the weather was bad. Um, but it, it just felt like, yeah, next drive we probably will. And the Dolphins never looked like getting it going themselves. Um, Miles, what are you? Uh, yeah, give us give us some thoughts about the the backfield, not just Foreman, but obviously Hilliard and McNichols as well. Yeah, I think there was a statistic out that actually was sort of on similar sort of pace with how we worked with Henry. The different ones, different ones, it was just Henry at the start. Um, and instead, now we've had the free, free sort of backed by committee sort of coming and take over. I mean, I think it's quite nice to see knowing that Henry is coming back, that we've got these options to come in and maybe every so often, God forbid, actually give Henry a rest and have a little change. Yeah. So, I mean, McNichols has always shown that he has that change of pace, but to actually see it from a physic another physically dominant player in Foreman. I mean, Foreman's got all the abilities to play running back. He's just always had that issue of holding on to the football. And I think even in this game, like you said, we he had that moment where I think we got away with one. But if that's the sort of thing that he can take out of his game, I mean, going into the playoffs, it's only going to get colder and colder running the football is normally what takes over when it hits playoff time. So, so have Henry back and then have Foreman and the others all stepping up can only be a, a good thing for the team. And I think I agree with what you're saying. It is down to the, the coaching and it's down to train and that these players come in, they just get used to the blockage. We know that the line struggles quite a lot when it comes to protecting Tannehill, but when it comes to run blocking, they're brilliant. They, they always make holes for players. And I think the players are just getting used to reading the game and reading where these holes are appearing. And the amount of times where Foreman's hitting these gaps now where he can hit him with, str- uh, with stride without any sort of contact, DBs don't want to touch him. It's the exact same with Henry. Henry has that ability that once he sees that gap, he hits it so hard that a DB's then having to go for him. And it's, it's game over when it's at that point. And, I mean, even with Hilliard, Hilliard's a really nice change of pace. I enjoy, actually, for... It's almost like you know when he's in the game that it's normally for a pass, and so you're expecting a screen or something. But so often or not, it, it's still not being read properly. And like the play he had, I think where it was uh, Chester Rogers got done for a uh, offensive pass interference when he um, done the illegal block, which you know it's a bit harsh, but he's probably right. 
again, though, it's nice to see that we've got that option there. And also, it's another play that's getting the ball away from Tannehill, trying to reduce him getting hit and staying in the pocket. So the more we can do in the backfield, the better. So going forward, I think it's a huge positive to see. I mean, as much as it's going to be nice to have Henry back and uh, letting him run the ball, it, it's really good to see other options there. Yeah, just you mentioned Tannehill there and the, well, the, the O-line being able to protect him when he does drop back. Um, but actually, it was pretty much flawless on Sunday. Uh, really encouraging against a Dolphins team that aren't too shabby with, a, with the front of their defence. And, I mean, Tannehill only had sort of 20, 25 dropbacks, I think, which is a low number. We said that the way we play, um, it, will be, it will be a low number um, and the amount we run the football. Um, but it means it doesn't need to be any more than that. And that really, really helps. And then you know, Tannehill had another good game. And the yeah, he was he was protected, which makes all the difference for him. Um, but it's it's so much harder to play against the Tennessee Titans when you know we've got these different methods of uh, of attack on offense. And yeah, I, I just I just thought it was one of those kind of I don't know about complete complete performances, but pretty close. Um, and yeah, not not much not much wrong on any foot really. Um, confidence levels going forward then, Harry. Do you see? I mean, we've got one of those nice no pressure games next week. Which I say no pressure. We we still we we still want to win and secure that number one seed. It's always in Houston, um, but it does mean that there's not that sort of gut wrenching potential of losing it and being out. Um, how do you see next week and the and the following weeks? Yeah, I'd say for for me personally, I think next week's actually a sneaky important game, more important than I think. You know, just oh, we've won, we've already got into the playoffs. We'd likely to be second or first seed. Happy days. Whereas, actually, I think if we're on home turf all the way through the playoffs, especially with the way that we play football, um, if we go up against you know a, a dome team, although there isn't that many in the in the AFC, but you know, if we go up against a Colts who would prefer to be at home, um, although we would be anyway, I'm contradicting myself there a little bit. But um, <laughs> it's so much, so much nicer to to just be at home for the whole playoffs, to to not worry about travel, to have that week's rest. So yes, if Henry does come back and have five runs this week, he's then got a week just to you know relax, chill. When we find out our opponents, you know, start to game plan towards those and. And I don't see any reason why we wouldn't go full steam ahead and, you know, knock the blocks off of a surprisingly sneaky good little Texans team. Oh, I don't know about sneaky good. But... <laughs> they're, they're better than they look. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, they beat us in Nashville. Um, one way of rationalising that is you could say, take your foot off the gas a bit, rest players. Although I'd argue that the way of getting into the divisional round at home or, well, into the division around full stop is you either beat the Texans or you have a much tougher playoff game, albeit in Nashville. And I'd rather go all in and beat the Texans. That's surely the, be the best play here. We do that. It doesn't matter what Kansas City, Cincinnati, New England, Buffalo, anyone else does. You beat the Texans. We've got a week off. Um, Derek Henry or not, uh, he's surely back for the divisional round. Um, any temptation? I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen now. But any temptation to playing him in, in week eighteen, Greg? No, not for me. Um, I do, I do actually. I agree with Harry. I think this game is is probably more important than it feels like on paper. If you know what I mean, it's. I definitely think the number one seed getting that bye week is just another week for Henry to 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 get ready for for what will be a a divisional round game instead of a wild card game and and that's for me is <clears throat> would be massive so but no I don't think we'll if we see him suit I'll be surprised if we see him suit up if he does uh, one thing I was going to mention we, we were talking about these these three running backs that have been running by committee and the two main ones I guess with Hilliard and, and Foreman one of those three is probably gonna have to be cut to make space for him and I can't see I, I can't see us going with four running backs. Potentially we will, but I can't see that happening. Um, and I, I think see... McNichols would probably be the one to make way, I guess. I think McNichols, they, they really want, they like him on pass downs. I think there's too much to an extent. I think on third down, I think he seems to be, 
I think Hilliard has definitely been brought into that a bit more recently, but I still think they 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 trust McNichols in that role, and I wouldn't be shocked to see someone like Hilliard potentially be that man to get cut. Not that I would necessarily agree with that decision, but it's going to be a tough decision whichever way around you go. Um, is, is there an argument with because Hilliard can return kickoffs and punts and has done? Um, he pop he he suddenly appeared in the game back there at one point. You could have make maybe make an argument of of cutting one of the receivers instead, say Chester, well, seems brutal, but say Chester Rogers or someone like that. And the other factor is the, the Michael Pruitt injury, which we have to briefly mention. I don't want to talk about the injury itself. It's absolutely horrible, but um, what a great guy he's been over the past, well, probably three years, I guess. Um, devastated for him. Um, wishing, obviously wish him all the best and I hope he's, Hope he's back strong next year, um, but it obviously does it will create that roster spot. Um, whether that's another tight end, I don't know. I can't see it not being another tight end. I'm not sure who who's wearing. I think Hudson's still on injured injured reserve. I've not. I've no idea. I think he's the other tight end that we had apart from from Ferguson and Swaim. So I'd imagine it has to be another tight end, surely, especially if we're going to be running the ball. I mean, they're going to need that extra protection in that in that spot, and I think. I think it was uh, Mike Herndon put some options out there of, of players who could could step into that role on different practice squads, etc. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think I, I can't see Henry playing playing Sunday. I'll be surprised if he did. Um, they'll definitely want to make sure he's there and ready to go for the playoffs. And but I, I do think this is a game that we 100% shouldn't be resting players for. The rest should come with the bye week, and the only way we get the bye week is by beating Houston. Yeah, I don't know. I do. I do agree with that. Um, I, I think. I, I think my point was more like for our own sanity uh, than how the team will approach it. Like the last, literally the last two years, we've. Well, I've nearly swore there. Um, we were nervous, <laughs> should we say, about a final game in Houston where we had to win on both occasions, didn't we? Um, I think, uh, but it they were they were must win games. You know, winning in games. Um, now we don't have that, so it's it's nicer as fans just to we can put our feet up a little bit. Um, we obviously want to win, and um, uh, yeah, as as I say, I'd far rather get that win in Houston than have to go up against I, I don't know who it might be in a home wildcard game. Yeah, but potentially the Colts or the Chargers or the Raiders or someone like that. Um, it's surely much much easier to get that that win beforehand if if we can. Um, I think, I think this 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 game is going to be a lot tougher. I think Houston have been in recent weeks a lot better side than what they've shown, even what they showed against us when they beat us in Nashville. Um, this game is is a, they're kind of playing for their a lot of the players playing for their for their careers because they know ultimately that they've got to impress to to get another team at some point or to be continue to be playing with the with the Texans next year. So I don't think this this is this isn't a just need to turn up job i think i was looking at the at the bookies i think we're 10 and a half point favorites i think I, I, I can never see the titans being that heavy favorites in any game to be honest with you <laughs> but um i think it's this is a it will be a, a tougher game than than it will feel like on paper i think everyone's just expecting us to walk in there and win it um i don't think it's gonna be as easy as that mars will I imagine you. Oh, I, I just about to say I'm, I'm really sorry, Greg, but we will walk in and win it. Uh, <laughs> but I do, I do agree with yourself and Harry that to me this game is, despite the fact we've won the division, great. I want other players to have the mentality that that's not even half the job complete. I want their mentality to be we want to be the best that we can be, let alone Super Bowl. But we've got to be number one seed Super Bowl. Winning is just a good thing for the team at the end of the day. I would rather go into the next playoff game with a victory under our belt rather than a let's not let what happened against Houston happen to us in a playoff game. So I'd much prefer to go in there. And, and I'm, I might be one of the only people that does want to see it, but I want to see Henry have a couple of runs against the Texans. I think just for own sanity, just to show, yeah, right, he's ready to go. Because I think some teams need that as a reminder going into the playoffs, even though everyone knows what he can do. I think if we show that Henry has five runs against the Texans and he breaks off one of them for a touchdown and then just walks off and it, that's it, the team that we're going up against in the playoffs get that cool, harsh reminder of just 
how dominant he is as a player. And it's just some of the defensive coordinators are going to lose sleep over. And that's what I want us to do. Because like, maybe even show things that we're not even going to do in the playoffs. So show a load of plays that we've just brought up just for this week. The defensive coordinators think, right, we've heard that play. That's what that means. And it actually be a polar opposite of what it has gone into a playoff game. Because that's, it, it's all going to be man games and tricks and plays when it comes into that first game. And to me, beating Houston is more important than any other game we've had this season. Yeah, no. I'm to- totally agree. I, d- I mean, I don't. I don't know if if there's any sort of risk with with Henry if they don't feel he's quite ready. You don't do it. But I get. I, I get. I get what you're saying. You know, if we get if there's another two weeks until the next game and then it's a divisional round opponent, um, not that they're going to forget what Derek Henry can do. Um, but if he is a bit undercooked or not or not quite ready, um, then yeah, the the element of disguise is good. <laughs> that that fear factor. Um, but ultimately, it's whatever, whatever the coaching staff think is the best way of preparing him for the playoffs. Um, I don't, I don't think if he's if he's anything like fifty fifty, um, yeah, don't don't risk it for me. But if if they feel that he's he's ready for even yeah even half a dozen carries and see see what happens, then yeah, no, it'd be it'd be nice to see if that if that does happen. For me, it's like um, in football where when a player's on the bench. And this is English football, let's say. To me, if you're on the bench, you're fit enough to play. So if Henry's fit enough to suit up, he's probably fit enough to have a few plays. But if they don't bother suiting him up, then obviously not. It's yeah. sort of how he feels on the day. So I think if if he if he's if they feel he's ready to go through the whole pre-game motion, suit up and go, then why not give him a couple of carries? But otherwise, yeah, don't bother. Let him let him just chill on the sideline and wave his form and gets his fourth TD of the game. <laughs> Yeah, um, and he, he may well have have a game like that, and it just seems to be to be getting better and better as we say. Um, anything anything else worth mentioning from the from the Dolphins game itself? I think uh, it sounds weird to say a victory is unspectacular, um, but yeah, all all very efficient. Um, not that many highlight real plays, I guess. Um, a couple of moments afterwards, though, and. Uh, yeah, NFL Films released a clip of the goat being left hanging. I'm not sure how I feel about this. He's gone. He's gone for a high five with Big Jeff. Big Jeff's just walked straight past him. Uh, Greg, you're going to be most annoyed about this, I would say, as uh, maybe equal with me in terms of our love for Brett Kern. But that's not what you do. No, if it, if it, to be honest with you, if it was. Uh... If it wasn't Jeffrey Simmons, I'd be demanding the guy gets cut immediately. But um, I think with Big Jeff, you kind of you can't go down. The guy's an absolute monster. Um, yeah, never disrespect the, never leave the goat hanging. No, well, absolutely. And but also the goat then going after Big Jeff to bring it up, and I would say threatening him. Um, and you've got to have quite some status, which Brett Kern does. You've got to have quite some. Cajones to do that to Big Jeff Simmons. Simmons was absolutely terrified as well. Did you see his face when he when he apologised. He, he's <laughs> like he, he knew it was. It's like that moment when you're a kid and you you, you can hear your your dad shouting your name from the other side of the house because you've had a bad bad school report. You just you, your your face just drops and uh, yeah, he he quite rightly so got got a bit of a telling off. But yeah, you can't leave the goat hanging and quite rightly so got. Got told told exactly. Never disrespect the goat. It was a little insight of Jeffrey. I think it's, he needs the full name. It's like Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah. That's when you know you're in trouble. It's because he knows that Kern could punt him to the one yard line if he wanted to. Don't mess around with someone with his kicking abilities. It's like a, it's like when you don't stand behind the back of a a horse because you know the way it can kick you. It's exactly like Kern. Doesn't matter how big you are, Kern's sending you. <laughs> You know, it, it's it's an insight into the locker room dynamics um, of you know who who's in charge in the locker room. You know, the goat's been the goat's been there the longest. I think of literally anybody probably on the coaching staff as well. Uh, but you know, he's 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 the man. You don't mess with him. But it was <laughs> it's really funny looking at that clip. There's proper respect behind it all. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Do we know who it was who didn't leave him hanging? Who was it who actually gave him the high five? Because I would have loved to see how committed he was 
to stay in there with his hand out. <laughs> Someone helped him. I would have loved if he'd stayed there and he's still there now waiting. <laughs> so someone helped him out because I would have loved to have seen his commitment. Someone, yeah, you're right. Someone afterwards did. I can't remember who it was, um, but yeah. But yeah, these, these are signs of a good locker room, good team spirit. Um, it just it feels like everyone's pulling for each other. You, and... just, have to, you just have to watch the Rabel videos after oh, after yeah. a win to see just how together that locker room is, and uh, the one on Sunday with the celebrations almost after um afterwards it was it felt it felt like we were celebrating an achievement of winning the division which some people would argue with our division maybe not the biggest achievement but um at the same time the togetherness there is clearly there and it's it feels i think not last year year before as a 20 2019 2020 season that um that felt like a together locker room, but this kind of feels like another level with even more talent as well. So it's one of those ones that it feels like we're in a really good place right now. And it's, the thing it's... that I love as well is that Rabel and the team will always use like pride and proud. And those words, if you listen to Rabel's like post-match conferences and also when he's talking to his players, he's constantly saying, I'm proud to coach you guys. And, you know, I'm glad that you have that pride in your own performance and stuff like that. And that's something that you, you yes, to a degree can instill because of the programme and because of the the way that you coach and things like that. But actually, that's got to be a belief with that player and that team that they cultivate themselves. You know, from, I always look at it from my point of view as a manager, I can do only so much to make sure my team are proud to work there and proud to continue the standards that I uphold. So to have that and to see that radiate is is great. And it's not just that end all and be all of Super Bowl or nothing, although yes, black and white it is. It's that pride of doing it the right way and the Titans way that I think is the most impressive thing. You do feel that Brable's in complete command of this sort of stuff at the moment. I don't want to jinx anything, obviously, but it just it just has that everybody he's got now have bought into his philosophy. One thing you, you'll ne- you'll never see on a Sunday is a wide receiver taking off all of his uniform and running off the field waving at fans. Or, just, or, or a cornerback punching a teammate on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're I mean, never going to see. You're never ever going to see that in Nashville. I, but, I think there are bigger. CTE is real, and there are bigger issues at play there. I'm not. I'm not necessarily blaming Bruce Arians or, or casting shade his his way. Um, but yeah, we we don't. Yeah, we haven't got that kind of nonsense to deal with, I guess. Um, although next week the Titans signing Antonio Brown to the <laughs> roster for the playoffs, and um, we may be eating these words. Can he play tight end? <laughs> he might be. He might have to. Um, uh, other. Let's say- I was just gonna say, one thing they were they've started doing now that wonderful time of year where they start talking about like coach of the year and stuff on the NFL networks. And I think I can't remember who it was, it might have been Pitch Reg or whatever, mentioned that Rabel should be up there for coach of the year. And like one thing like we were saying that the Titans have had like more players than anyone else represent the team on the field. It's all well and good that you have a roster of fifty-three people where you inject that pride and want to play for the team, but to do it for practice squad players who are on I, I say nothing good money but in, in terms of the NFL nothing people that come from other teams like Cunningham and who have just stepped up probably through the year it's something that's inje- injected from Vrabel all the way up to the top where it doesn't matter where you're coming from or where you're from everyone's on the same page and it, it's one thing to do it for a small roster but for to do it for the roster that we've had to use this year it, it's huge and to me does represent why Vrabel should be getting thought about as coach of year because it's like when you're looking at free agents next year we're going to be a team that people want to come and play for but when you come and look at the titans you're going to be told this is our way of play this is how things are and i think it's gonna well i think it's something that the patriots probably had at one point when they went on their run of super bowls where it's it's the patriots where you either come in and play our way or it's not going to work but i think we've got a really positive thing going not just for this season but for years to come which hopefully can be a really good thing going forward because it's quite a young roster yeah yeah absolutely um harry i want to ask you something completely off change the topic here um walgreens in nashville um it's uh it's a store 
you may have heard of it. It's a chain. Um, one of their stores was allegedly vandalised after the game. Um, any idea who did it? No, no, not a, not a Scooby. Don't want to. Don't want to know either. If I'm being honest with you, uh, no, no, not bothered at all. Um, if it was a Hattie B's chicken, maybe um, the barbecue place on Broadway, then I'd be a bit more interested. But, uh, but <laughs> you know, a, a poor man's Costco. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not not bothered by it, but no, uh, no, I actually I actually am completely out the loop on this one. So, uh, and this isn't just a bit. I really do not have a clue. So, anyone uh, anyone fancy enlightening me? No, well, I didn't. Yeah, no, nobody really knows. I mean, it, this this seems like something I completely dismissed when I heard it because it was out of it was one one source. Um, I don't think I've, anyone's really heard it from a second source. I saw someone on Twitter whether this is true or not, phoned the Walgreens concerned and asked them if anything had happened and was told no. Um, not necessarily investigative journalism at its best, um, but there's always a part of you, though, that thinks that, you know, smoke without fire thing, you know, some, something must have happened to cause that rumour, but I, I don't know, in this day and age, people will just make stuff up. I think, I think what I would say is if Bud Dupree gets... Uh called for roughing the passer uh in that in that on sunday then i mean i guess you could be done for assault or whatever it was for for next to nothing nowadays because that was the most ridiculous roughing the passer call i've seen uh, i mean maybe there were some zebras in walgreens flowing throwing flags, flags Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so he picked up an item off the shelf with too much aggression um, that's it throw the book at him that's maybe a chocolate orange Um, one other effect of winning the division that may have gone unnoticed um, is the fact that with the 17th game that's now in the schedule so we played the New Orleans Saints this year at home in Nashville as as the extra game on the schedule Um, next next year it will be a road game against uh, the equivalent team in the NFC North now that team is the Green Bay Packers so we will have a trip in 2022 to Lambeau Field now that that division win is confirmed. Or is it Lambeau Field? Um, the reason I say that is that the Packers haven't played an international series game yet, and they are the only team not to have visited London in the entire time that this has been going. Um, apparently, these 17th games have a status that the NFL can essentially make you go and play them overseas because it's it's not one of the eight home games that you'd have had before. It's a ninth home, ga- home game. So this would be a ninth game in Lambeau for Green Bay if they played it there. Um, but there is more than a reasonable chance that that game would be played, uh, played elsewhere. So just one thing to keep an eye on. Adam, I have a question. Yeah. Are you saying there's a chance that I can go to Germany and watch the Titans play Green Bay? Uh, absolutely there is. Um, although I I would I would love to see the NFL UK social media reaction to Germany getting a Packers game before the United Kingdom does. <laughs> it's, but I mean I, I like the idea of it. I won't lie. Oh yeah, I mean a a Titans game in in Munich, something like that. Yes, maybe. Yeah. I mean yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I prefer the idea of uh, of the game at Wembley. Um, especially when you've got Matt Lafleur calling plays on the other side at Wembley, and we all know how badly that can go. Love <laughs> <laughs> will be the quarterback anyway, so it doesn't. We're not going to be seeing Rogers, are we? I, I, well, you you know, you talk about the Titans as a young team, the Packers, you know, possibly the other end of their spectrum, certainly with their with their quarterback. Um, I don't, yeah, who, know, who knows? This is a, this is all conjecture and nothing but rumor at this point. But that is one thing to keep keep an eye on as we approach the off season. If it does happen, I do hope that they put as much effort in as they did when they came over to face the Chargers because it was honestly one of the best weekends that you could ever have as a fan. Just meeting, you know, Amy Adams Strunk and Eddie George and just Von Kersen and so many other great players and yeah it was I don't think from what I've heard from other fans that 
teams have necessarily gone as far as as our ownership did to to make it a real memorable yeah, experience. Despite not being the home designated home team, we really embraced it. Um, and I, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we'd do it again. You know, the you know Nate Bain and the the social media team they kind of they still they like to interact with us still, and you sort of feel, feel like part of it even three years on. Um, the one thing I would say is there was a thing I don't fully understand what the marketing is with this but they they announced two or three weeks ago certain teams are going to have tie-ins with international markets now the titans wasn't one of them um i don't know what to read into that if anything really it seems a bit of a forced contrived thing um but the 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 whole thing of playing a game overseas every eight years for every team is still going to be a thing Um, and teams that embrace it will get better results so let's let's be honest i mean for a team like the Titans in the market that they're in, I kind of understand them not necessarily looking at internationally putting too much with their marketing budget into trying to grow this franchise internationally. I, I can see it. You know, they, they need to, they'll feel like they want to really nail down the more local areas before they can, because let's face until, until recently, and even recently in some cases, you know, this is a stadium that's been 40% away fans every single game. And I feel like that's changing. I've seen quite a few games in more recent weeks and months that suggest to me that's that's starting to change. I wouldn't, I, I'm, I wouldn't take it that personally. I, mean, I saw some people tweeting around the time it was released saying that it was a shame that, that the Titans haven't looked to invest internationally in that regard. Of how, I don't know how it works. I, I don't know if it's something you just have to put a claim in for or actually put them budget towards I have no idea but I mean the only way you'll you'll grow in any market whether it's international or locally is by having a successful football team and we've got that at the moment hopefully that will just yeah, continue yeah it does I mean the Titans being you know, only 22 23 years in Nashville um it it still feels like it's a you know, still a first generation team where it is, you know, a bit like the Panthers and the Jags are with expansion teams. Um, but the Jags have logged that dead horse over here for, for quite a few years when they've had a half full stadium for a, a lot of the time they, they've been there. Um, but there, there have been others. It seems to be that, well, teams that have moved around a bit have been the ones that have come over, like the Rams who were trying to move from St. Louis to Los Angeles in amongst it. Um, we had the the Bucks have had a couple of games, but yeah, another team at that point. You know, they didn't have Brady and all the all the success they've had in in recent years, and yeah, they they were perhaps not filling their stadium. So I, I, I don't know. It's 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 a difficult one to to work out. I, I I agree with you. I don't think I'd read too much into it. And the Titans are never going to be the darlings of the NFL. We're never going to be one of the the teams that they want to market to death. And um, it's very clear who. The NFL's favourites are, you know, unvaccinated players just being allowed to play three days after a COVID positive result. You know, the, those are those are the teams the NFL seem to love. What can I say? Who are you talking about? Uh, just a hypothetical, <laughs> hypothetical. I think it's Cole Beasley. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> hypothetical quarterbacks who injure both ankles at the same time and probably catch both COVID variants at the same time. <laughs> no but no symptoms apparently. No, no symptoms. Um signed off by Dr. Nick Riviera. <laughs> <laughs> or Mr. Bean, I saw your gift, Greg. <laughs> quite quite like that one. <laughs> Alright, any any more Titans related stuff um that anyone wants to talk about? Yeah, t- two quick ones from me and fan related. Um Stephanie being 12th time was uh, was good to see on uh, on Sunday. Saw a lot of videos on on Twitter around that. Uh, she's she's that. amazing. She's, Living the dream. Yeah, uh, and but like a proper. She she just strikes me as somebody who will just keep pinching herself, and it's just all all enthusiasm. She's she's never gonna be. She's never. It's not the type of person that would ever go to her head, and you just. You just see that thrill, and I can't be anything but happy for her. It's amazing. No, I, I, if that was me, I'd, I'd be running around the field going absolutely ballistic. But 
I think I saw yeah I saw a couple of videos and there was one I think during the national anthem where she's literally stood right next to Vrabel and it just it kind of didn't feel real yeah. it felt like what well, something you'd see on like Madden or something it felt a bit weird. Um, but like the then, sword, yeah. I love the sword stuff, like the the video the video of the plunging the sword into the turf. It's just yeah. it's just magnificent. It was yeah it was incredible to see and um, obviously they do the twelfth Titan every week or every home game and most of the time it's ex-players or, or whatever and it never quite I mean it still brings a buzz inside the stadium for those for those who have been obviously but um, this kind of shot a bit differently for me um, yeah. the other thing as well was something that came out after the game and a guy I know quite quite well and have met a couple of times in Chad who lost his wedding ring and they literally had I, I, I can just imagine half the half the franchise probably including some of the uh, practice squad looking around section 202 <laughs> or whatever it was uh, trying to find this wedding ring and it was I think it was the CEO and president, whose name has now completely escaped my brain, uh, who's who ended up tweeting him with a photo saying, "Yeah, we found it. We'll let you know how you can collect it." And I was just like, "That is just classic Titans." It just does, I don't think you'd get many other franchises or many other organizations in the NFL who would go to that length uh, to find a guy who goes every week his wedding ring. I saw his. I saw a video of him t- today. I think and. He was doing like a new news interview about it, <laughs> and he, he he was all choked up. Yeah, he was. Yeah, like it was just like this is this is why I love my team. Like they've just proved why I love them so much because they, they just rallied round and <laughs> found his wedding ring, which by the way was Titans branded. It was. It wasn't. <laughs> oh, I bet it's given a lot of people some ideas of what sort of wedding ring they want because you looked around. I thought that looks cool, and I haven't even got a partner. I'm ready. I mean, to I mean I've just this is an audio podcast, but I'm holding up my inferior uh, platinum wedding ring it's just it's just i need a new one if i do, do, I, do I have to get married again to get a new... gonna... just we'll, we'll, we'll leave that thought if, you lose, if you lose your ring at accrington away in england you're not getting people rallying around trying to find <laughs> you're not getting it back you know no, no, no. it shows the difference in our teams that uh, yeah. yeah, it was amazing how someone just posts on Twitter. Ran- you say randomly, but obviously it is a plea to sort of say uh, how they've lost it. And then, yeah, just because I remember just seeing it randomly and say, like, oh, I really hope that sort of works out. And like hours later, it just blew up and it was just like, oh, yeah, here you go. It was incredible. It's literally been everywhere. It's been on, on local news. I think it was even is it Cameron Wolf who on ESPN was. was- yeah. Tweeting well, about it, used like, to cover the Titans. Now to, covers yeah. Dolphins, I think, or and, did. Uh, I don't know. I seem to see him on quite. A, it might just be Dolphins, but I see him quite a bit on on loads of loads of games nowadays. Um, and I think there was loads of others as well that just sort of said, you know, this massive respect to the Titans for, especially in that weather. I mean, I think it was snowing lot long after the yeah. game as well. I mean, it wasn't like a. This isn't August or September in 25 degree heat and. Uh, blue skies this was I think I'm pretty sure it was snowing after the game it was yeah I think I don't know that to me just kind of really shows what this what this organization is about and, and I think that comes from the top you said about uh, about Amy uh, Harry I think it comes from there I, mean, I can imagine Amy is, out there looking for it herself like probably was probably yeah. was in fairness I think anyone anyone who was had not already left to go home was probably roaming around trying to find it and trying to find a wedding ring in a, in a stadium, even if you know what section it's in, that must have been kicked around for, for a good sort of hour or so after the game. That's just, yeah, incredible, really. Do you think he's in trouble at home for losing it? Like I would be, regardless uh, of finding it. Needs resize, and that's what it, that's what a lot of people were saying. They're saying, yeah, uh, straight away. <laughs> like, I, I worry sometimes if I go out for a run, like, and it's cold, oh, it might just... Something, yeah. Touch wood, and that is that's the reason I mentioned it for Accrington is that I think it happened with my dad, where his his is very loose now, and he at a football game where we celebrated a goal and the ring just flew. <laughs> it was like slow motion Lord of the Rings esque, and now so whenever we go to a game, he has to like put it in his pocket and just be like, otherwise it's going to go missing. I think if you lose your ring at Accrington, you've got bigger problems. If, if you're going to act, you, you, you're not taking it. You're not taking it off on the pole in Accrington. <laughs> no offense, Accrington. Everything, everything in Accrington needs a bike clock. Uh, it's like it's just, you've got no, you got no chance. You got no chance of receiving anything to take with you. All right, I think this this almost takes us neatly into um, some non-Titans related stuff to finish. Um, I, th- I I don't think I've I don't think I've got much to 
to add this week. Um, Harry, um, you've not been on for a couple of weeks at least. Um, you've got to have something. Uh, yeah, so actually it was something that happened on, on Sunday. Um, we hinted earlier at Antonio Brown and his sort of mini breakdown sort of thing. Um, and actually you, you used the phrase CTE in that. And uh, for me, that's something that's quite close to my heart because um, my brother has got major issues because of concussions. Um, he's got the reading speed of a four-year-old. Uh, he's got the writing of a five-year-old. He's he's just been really messed about with concussions and things like that. Um, and it's something that is highlighted a lot in American football and highlighted a lot in contact sports in particular. Um, and that's the same for here with rugby. Um, even football is becoming a little bit of a discussion as well. Um, and I kind of just wanted to highlight I've had concussions as well, and I'm sure numerous people have from different things. And just really to, to take, take care of your mental health, whether that is because of concussions or not, and just realise warning signs and getting help for those things actually helps a lot. And thankfully, he's fairly fit and healthy and everything like that. But there is those warning signs and it's not a joke. I, like, it's really not. And yes, it's bizarre to see, you know, a player that, could have won another million dollars in bonuses and stuff, have a, you know, a bit of a parade in an end zone and stuff like that. But there is clearly something deeper going on there. Um, and, oh, 100%, yeah, yeah. And it's always just looking behind that that thing and to be aware that actually, as fans, we watch this game and we love this game and we saw it with the injury with Michael Pruitt and we have seen it with players with CTE um, who have... Um, gone and commit suicide or do do stuff like that and to be constantly aware that actually okay they may fumble the ball they may make a bad play or something like that but they're also putting their bodies and their long-term health on the line versus fans and and for for the program that they're part of um and just to respect that really and rather than make stupid jokes or piss piss around for want of a better word to actually realize that 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 is a, a long-lasting consequence of something that can be quite life-changing. Um, and personally, it has been for, for my family, and it that's through rugby injuries, and it, it can be for other families as well. So, yeah, that's that was mine. Very, very well said, Harry. I think and next time anybody has a wants to have a pop at a salary of a rugby player, a footballer, someone in the NFL, um, think about that. You know, they... they yeah, one of many reasons that it's deserved and justified. Um, yeah, absolutely, very well said. Um, and yeah, it's it's very it's very clear for all the joking about Antonio Brown. Um, yeah, it, it gets to the point where it's it's just a bit it's a bit sad um, because you you know deep down that there's, there's there's something going on and you know you don't like to see that. Um, Miles, um, non-titans related. Follow, follow that if you will. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, the first thing I was going to say was, um, along with what Harry was saying, it is, I think, something that's becoming more and more commonly spoken about. Like, I'm starting my uh, coaching again this year with uh, the Chester Romans, but this is with the academy. So these are kids aged 12 to 19, and we're having to go on these extra courses just to re-emphasise the importance of identifying when these collisions are happening. Sometimes people come off with a bit of a wobble, and people want to stay on the pitch, and but it's that recognising actually that you need to react in different ways to this. So actually, hopefully, along with what Harry's saying, and I think people speaking out more, and as much as this Brown thing, people have been laughing about it, is something that hopefully people are noticing more. And it's, um, I agree, it's something that needs to be spoken about more, and hopefully it is something that's happening. Um, to follow on from that, um, I want to talk about how at Christmas you can buy your cat any toy you want, but it doesn't matter because your cat's not going to play with that toy. And so what it is, is we bought our cat what can be described as a adult-sized play area, which has got lots of climbing things, lots of scratchy posts, lots of everything. And the first thing he wants to do is play with the cardboard it comes in or play with everyone else's toys. So it's basically to discuss how it's ridiculous that you... There's no point buying your cat a present at Christmas because no matter what you do, it won't enjoy it and it's going to play with something completely different, which I know is a bit of a... It's a bit different to follow on from Harry's, but I think before we were recording this, we, were, we saw how Harry's cat was just, like, everywhere. Like, my cat now lives in my room. It spends more time on my bed than I do. And we buy this amazing scratchy post thing for him and I haven't seen him on it yet and it's been, what, over a week now? 
So basically, it's it was it was just to sort of talk about how yeah, it doesn't matter what you what you buy your your pets for Christmas, they're never going to actually enjoy it or use it. They're going to enjoy the box as it comes in, and then they're just going to continue to sit on, I don't know for a bin bag or something, and find more fun in that. There you go, CTE presents for cats. Um, Greg, your turn. Mine is um, it's the new year, and every year. Shall we just That's, insert the audio from a year ago when you probably had the same same I, rant? I was literally thinking, have I talked about this before? I don't think yeah. I have. Okay. It's, it's in the UK in particular. We Feels have, like you have. We have. <laughs> I think we all agree. We're just going to recycle them. No, no one gets this point and listens to us anyway. I mean, they, they would have listened to Harry's bit and then gone, right, done now. Um, it's, it's to do with the New Year's Honours list. And oh no! I thought you'd go somewhere else. Oh no, this, this might be fresh. I'll take <laughs> that back. Fresh. I won't call it fresh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, d- I just I kind of got to that point with New Year's honors list. Or not just New Year's, just honors list when they come through. Was it twice a year or whatever it is? Um, Tony Blair getting a knighthood is it just seems absolutely comical. Um, I'm not going to go into the detail as to to why you shouldn't have, but I, I have seen, and the main reason oh, he's, he's grown a mullet. You know, yeah, I, I mean, oh, to be oh, fair, that, that's his biggest achievement. I mean, fair play to him. The um, one thing I have seen, though, is is how much uh, people in the UK love a petition because 600,000 people have, have, have signed a petition to say that he shouldn't receive his knighthood, which I must admit, I don't know why. It just seems really British, a petition. I don't, I don't, I'm guessing it's not, but it just feels so British. As soon as anything anyone disagrees with, it's let's get a petition, change.org, get on there, let's do it. Um, and it made me it made me look at um, on change.org just the number of petitions that, <laughs> that you can see on there and just how hilarious some of them are. Um, and yeah, it's to me, I don't know why, but petitions always seem completely pointless to me because it never seems to actually make any changes. But the New Year's Honours list, Tony Leg and a Knighthood, ridiculous. And then also some of the ridiculous petitions, which I won't share on here verbally but i'll share in some of the hilarious ones i've seen to the group at some point there's a rule like if they get so many signatures they have to debate it in parliament hundred thousand which which on the face of it if something goes viral it's not it's really not many but all that happens is they'll go oh next up um let's discuss the petition to stop tony blair getting his knighthood okay um well, we're not going to change it. Move on. Next, next item. So, it's... <laughs> have you seen his mullet? Move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, of all the fights in the world, I've probably they've pro- well, probably got bigger ones that are closer to my heart than whether Tony Blair gets a knighthood or not. But that's just that's just me. Um, I, this 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 is this is the sort of this is Neil's territory. This isn't it? I feel. Yeah, I was like, hoping Neil, Neil would be on today, but then. Yeah. He would have gone into a 15-minute rant about it, I'm sure. I mean, I honestly couldn't tell you whether he'd be in favour or not. Um, I suspect <laughs> I suspect he's against knighthoods in general. Um, but anyway. um, Well, let's let's leave it for, for Neil to tell us. I'm sure he will. <laughs> His ears are definitely burning. Right, there we go. That's enough from... That's uh, certainly enough from me. Arguably, it's enough for you three as well. Thanks for joining me. Thanks any, anyone who's listened this far. Um thanks let's well let's know what you think at transatlantic tn um hopefully we'll be speaking to you next week after another win we might even have a week off like the team who knows and um, but tighten up everybody tighten up tighten up <laughs>